Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me this week and every week are the wonderful Brenda and Randy Lee. Oh. We're sitting in for the wonderful ones. We're just the regular ones. <laughs> Hello. Um, it's so good to be with you. And to be with you as well. And we're going to talk about, now this is your topic, your title, Cryptic Crazy Catholic Communication. Say that fast 20 times. Well, I'm I'm not even going to try, so obviously it's not mine. It must be yours. But but as long as you brought up the subject, I, I just happen to have one of those handy. Um, if you get to John 14, Last Supper, right? And Jesus tells the apostles who are, you know, at the time a pretty confused bunch, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they are all like, yeah, right. Is this, is this like Jeopardy where you give us the answer and we've got to guess the question, right? The apostles have no idea what they're supposed to do with this eternal truth thing. I mean, they're pretty much like us, right? Put it on a billboard or a bumper sticker, tastes great, easy to dance to. What am I supposed to do with it really? What's that really mean to my life? What question does it really answer? How can you be sure that you're the way when you don't even know where I'm going, right? How can you know where I'm going when I don't even know where I'm going, right? And these are all legitimate questions, right? Shia LaBeouf, right, played Even Stevens, who's a Transformer movies, big deal in Hollywood for, for quite a while now, right? Anyway, he's got an upcoming film coming out where he plays Padre Pio. I just saw the trailer today. Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. wild? So, yeah. So, right. And, and as part of this whole process, he just did an interview with Bishop Robert Barron. And in the interview, you know, Shia LaBeouf explains where he was in his life when he was offered the part of Padre Pio. And he's like, not only was I not Catholic... I was toxic yeah. in every aspect of my life, right? No one would cast me. My own mother was estranged from me. No one wanted to be around me. Just toxic behavior after toxic behavior. So here's the incredible part. He knows at that moment that the Hollywood star life he's been living is poison. Mm-hmm. But each day he's like, do I take a gun and kill myself or do I climb back into my old life? Mm. Those are the only two alternatives he can see. This false life, which is a crappy life, but he can pretend it's not or no life at all. Yeah. And the incredible thing is that that is the moment, the question that Jesus answers when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Yeah. We are confronted the, with these moments, these, these barren moments where we think our choice mm-hmm. is either, you know, to live in a world where God is absent, mm-hmm. where things are dark and false and thick and hopeless, or just to die, right? Those are the only two options. I mean, it's, it's Hamlet, right? Do I stick around and suffer the heartache and the thousand natural shocks, mm-hmm. or do I sleep perchance to dream, right? And then God steps into the midst of that question, that despair, 
And he says, really insists, those are not the only two choices. I am the way. Those are not the ways. Those paths are only dark, only false, only empty, because I'm not on them. I think that's what the devil plays on a lot of us at different times in our life, to make us think that maybe we're depressed. It doesn't really matter, does it? But we just think, oh, this is it. This is the only choice that I have in front of me. Mm -hmm. Not turning to God, mm -hmm. it's... I think it's especially in our culture today. I think that's true. Yeah, turning to the choices of the world. You know, well, look over here. You can, you know, there's money or there's power or there's lust or there's, you know what I mean? Yeah, St. Augustine, you know, think about that, right. right. Which are all really sparkly at the front end, but at you get in the end. middle of living them mm -hmm. and you see that there, there's all nothing there. And then, Eleanor, I think you're exactly right. You know, Satan just starts, these are the only choices. Yeah. And, and you know, favorite, your favorite moment in the prodigal son story, right? I forget. Jesus, that, what is God, it? God, God, or the, 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 the son steps, you know, suddenly he comes to himself. Yes. Right? And, and in that coming to himself, he recognizes that there is a third option. And that's grace. That, right. That's, that's right. It's, it's Christ coming in and yeah. he says, if you come with me, there will be life, mm -hmm. right? There, there will be truth. There will be fruitfulness. There will be joy because I will be on that path, right? Bible stories that don't make sense, I, as, as we've established. I, I love Bible stories that don't make sense. Why does the stone need to be rolled away from Jesus' tomb, right? It's not to let Jesus out, right? After the resurrection, when he returns to the upper room, Jesus walks through walls. Mm -hmm. He walks through locked doors. And the angel could have done that. Right. Jesus doesn't yeah. need a stone. I think he just came out and closed the door behind him. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Jesus doesn't need a stone to be rolled away for him to leave the tomb. He can walk through the stone. Then why do they roll it away? Right? I would think that rolling away the stone is even an inconvenience for an angel. Right? Well, what happens in the story, right? Everyone shows up to the tomb. Right. And what do they do? They look in. They look in, the, they see an empty tomb. That's yeah. exactly okay. what they do. They look in and they see an empty tomb. They see Jesus is not there. The stone was rolled away so people could yeah. see right. that the tomb is empty, that Jesus isn't there. Mm hmm right? Jesus is still a way that lives, right? Jesus is still a viable alternative, right? Right. A friend of mine, right? Our, our, our choices are not limited to death and despair, right? Jesus offers this third way, his way, right? A friend of mine says to me the other day, he says, people don't know how to make the Catholic faith meaningful. Hmm. Right? They don't know how to make the Catholic faith meaningful. And I think there is some of that out there. Right? It doesn't seem to be meaningful, though, because we, we lose track of Jesus being a choice for our life. Right? Sometimes we allow Jesus to be a story in a book. Yeah. Right? And then that book is just a lot of random information. 
But if we realize he's the answer to the questions in our life, then he does have meaning, right? Then he does become the way, right? There's this you know, it's, it's keeping Jesus, when you pray, always at a distance, you know, like, he, mm-hmm. yeah, we say these prayers, but he's out there, you know, whatever. And I just, like, I think it was this morning or yesterday, I was reading something, and I think it ended with, Father, thank you for listening to my prayer. And I thought, how cool is that? You mm-hmm. know, because when you think of a regular family, and if a daughter or son goes and has a conversation with the father to ask him something. They're like, oh, thanks, Dad. I'm like, why don't we have that relationship? Yeah. Why don't we have the confidence yeah. that he just stopped everything to listen to what we're saying? One of the things I've done recently, and I forget where I read it, was when I say the Our Father, now I can't say I do this every time, but mm-hmm. let's just say the first one in the morning. Mm-hmm. Before I even begin to say Our Father, who art, I, I think about mm-hmm. him as a father. Mm-hmm who loves me, who mm-hmm. created me out of nothing, who waits for me. You know, I, yeah. I, I take a moment or two right. just to right. immerse myself in that. Right. And I really think that makes such a difference because then he becomes real. Well, I think you guys, I mean, it's, it's so powerful what you're talking about because Father Sam today in Mass over at St. At Margaret Mary, right? And he makes the observation you know, so Jesus shows up at, at Simon Peter's mother, or Simon Peter's house, and he heals the mother-in-law, and everybody shows up in town, and he heals everybody, and then Jesus goes off by himself, and the people go after him, and they find him, and they don't want to let him go. Yeah, right. They don't want to let, and that's the response. Like you guys are talking about, you know, you have this thought about God. And you embrace it. You immerse yourself in it. You hold on to it. And when you do that, right, then then good things happen, right? There's this wonderful line in Thomas Akempis's Imitation of Christ, right? And Thomas is, he's meditating, right? That holding on, immersing. He's meditating on the passage, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And he first expands on the original quote, and he says, I am the way you must follow. I am the truth you must believe. I am the life you must hope for. But then he frames the million-dollar question. If you wish to enter into eternal life, if you wish to, I'm sorry, not eternal life, if you wish to to enter into life, right? And the question, do you wish to enter into life? Right? If you do, then I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Right? Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethsaida, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. Do you want to enter into life? It's a real question. Or have you bought into death and despair being the only two options? Mm. Right? Carly Simon, way back in the 70s, whatever it was, she had this song, Haven't Got Time for the Pain. And in the song, Carly wrote, Suffering was the only thing made me feel I was alive. Thought that was just the price you paid to survive in this world. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you showed me how to fill my life with love. Right? That's what Jesus does. That's what he came for, to show us the way how to fill our life with love. And you know, isn't suffering sometimes that sort of 
diving board that we have to be on for us to kind of say, okay, I'm feeling pain, but I'm feeling something. I'm not numb. Mm-hmm. Help me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it can mm-hmm. be seen that way. There's, mm-hmm. there's uh, merit in that kind mm-hmm. of suffering. Um, and we'll hear the rest of this after we come back in just a minute. But we have to take a break. You are listening to The Family Show on Holy Family Radio, and stay tuned. back with the family show with Brendan and Randy Lee and we're talking about Jesus being the way the truth and the life and Bible stories that don't make sense that's right and I love to talk about Bible stories that don't make sense so I, I got another one right and one of my my favorite Bible stories that don't make any sense is the story of Abraham and Isaac oh, right yeah so so Abraham and Isaac they go up to Mount Moriah right who carries the bundle of wood up the mountain Isaac. Right. It's not the father, not 120-year-old Abraham, right? It's his son, Isaac. So however old Isaac is, he's old enough and strong enough to carry up the wood for the sacrifice, right? Who asks, hey, dad, where's the ram? We've Mm -hmm. got the wood and the fire, but where's the ram for the burnt offering, right? Who asks it? That would be Isaac. That would be Isaac enough, right? So Isaac is old enough and clever enough to know what you need for a sacrifice and to recognize what's missing, Mm -hmm. right? So most Jewish scholars figure Isaac to be early 20s, mid 30s, right? I never thought about that. Okay. So we've got very old Abraham, right? And young Isaac in the prime of life. And they get to the top of the mountain and Abraham binds Isaac and lays him on the altar. And what's he saying now? Stop for a second. That's exactly right. How does he do it? Mm-hmm. Right, because that. Wait a minute. Wait. If Isaac is saying, "Hey, Dad, you think that I'm the sacrifice, right?" How does Abraham manage to bind Isaac and put him on the wood? Mm-hmm. And the only answer is, if Isaac doesn't want to be tied up, there's no way Abraham, Abraham can do it. Do it. That's right. exactly right. If if Isaac were to choose to run away, Abraham couldn't catch him. And I don't think they had sleeping pills either. No, right? So <laughs> Abraham holds the knife on him, right? That's a suggestion. Maybe Abraham threatened his son with the knife, right? And first, you can't hold a knife on someone. And tie them up at the same time. Exactly. You can't hold the knife on a hold and tie them up at the same time. Second, we're told Abraham doesn't take out the knife Till the very end of the process. It's just before God says, wait. Right? Yeah. 
Genesis says Isaac was bound. Bound to what? Well, what's Abraham bound to? Abraham is bound to the will of God. Of God. What's Isaac bound to? The will of his father. The will, which father? Capital F. The will of God as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Isaac, like his father, has bound himself to the will of God. Joyce has Meyer, to be, yeah, it has it, to be that. It has to be. It's not like he's too dumb and he hasn't figured out that he's the sacrifice. Yeah. Yep. Dad, if this is what God wants us to do, mm-hmm. I'm in. Right? Joyce Meyer has this great take on, on this story. In, in Joyce's mind, she's got Isaac saying, God, if you got to tie me to the altar to get me to do what you want me to do, then tie me to that altar mm-hmm. because I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be servant. I want to be sacrifice, servant and sacrifice for you, right? Twyla Paris has, has his classic song, How Beautiful. Oh, I love that song. It is. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. And there's this line in the song, how beautiful when humble hearts give the fruit of their lives so others may live. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I am the way. What's it mean? It means, Lord, if I got to tie myself to you to stay with you, I'll do it because you are the way. Right. If it means I have to give away all the fruits of my life to sustain others, I will. Mm-hmm. Not just I will, but I want to. Right. And and I think that imagery is so cool. Right. You're a strawberry plant. You're you're a watermelon vine. Whatever you are. Right. <laughs> right. And you have two choices: cling to your fruit, and it rots on the vine, and you die, or you let it go. And you sustain life for others, right? And in that context, it just doesn't sound like a tough choice. How beautiful to see the plant make the beautiful, make this beautiful fruit and then just give it away so that the earth can be sustained with life so that others may live, right? I think in a despairing world, you can get trapped in defining, we can get trapped in defining ourselves by that despair. Yeah. And then you have God saying, no, no, that's not how I define you. That's not what I created you to be. I created you to be fruit that sustains life. Mm-hmm. I created you to be salt. I created you to be the light of the world. I created you to be joy. That's what my way offers you. The world needs to meet, right? The you I created you to be. The world needs to create the you that I created you to be. Right? I get back to... to I wish you could get this into the minds of the little children and just foster that every single year. Yes. You know? I mean, why are we putting up posters in Catholic schools that say this is a, this is a no bullying zone? We're not bullies here. We should be putting up posters that Mm -hmm. say... The world needs you to be the person I created you to be, and that is a source of of life, yes. right? 
to get back to, to Shia LaBeouf, you know, his his life is toxic, life's a mess. This is a guy playing Potter He's a guy playing Potter Pia, right? And this is where he is when, when he first gets offered the part, right? Life's toxic, life's a mess, no career left, no real life left. And he gets offered the Padre Pio part essentially at an AA meeting. Seriously, he's essentially at an AA meeting when they offer him, when he gets offered the part. But to play the part, he's got to go hang out with some friars because he's going to be playing a friar, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he drives his van, right, up to this monastery. He's living in his van in the monastery parking lot. And these friars draw him in, right? And he converts to Catholicism. But here's the cool part. They don't convert him by trying to convert him, mm-hmm. right? The friars don't try to make Shia LaBeouf a Catholic. They just make him their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Isn't that beautiful? They just loved him, encountered his life, Fed let him? him encounter theirs, mm-hmm. right? They were authentic. They were the truth. They offered him the truth, the life. Right, and when they offered him the truth and the life, the way thing took care of itself. Yeah, remember he said, didn't he go back to the AA meeting and say, "You guys got to come." With yeah, me. he's <laughs> so trying to take her. Right yeah, he's trying to, to take monastery, to the yeah. monastery. Yeah. Right, exactly. I found some. What do you do? I mean, you find that thing that's precious. And you go and you try and well, bring like everything to it. Like when Jesus right. called one, they're like, hey, you got to come meet Yeah, this. we found the one. Yeah. We found the Exactly, yeah. exactly. You got to share it. I yeah. got to share it, yeah. right? Evangelization is this big, very formal yeah. sounding word thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a danger, right, when it starts to sound too big and too formal that we begin to see people as numbers or as objects of proselytizing. That we have to win over. We gotta win over ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they're not even humans. They're just things we gotta we gotta win over. <laughs> right? But people don't wanna be numbers. They don't want to be objects. That's not what they need. Right. People need to be loved That's right. into neighbors. Mm-hmm. There's no commandment to go out and proselytize objects. There's a commandment to love people into being your neighbor. Yes. And that's what we'll be judged on. And that's what we'll be embraced for. That's what he'll be embraced for. Well done, good and faithful servant. How beautiful it was. How beautiful it was that you shared the fruits of your life so that all of these people could live. You went out and you got what was beautiful and you took everybody else to share in it with you. Yeah. And and love is contagious. Mm-hmm. It, it just is because selfishness, everything comes back into to yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bear fruit, mm-hmm. does it? It's so concerned with what am I going to get? How am I going to keep this? How am I whatever? Mm-hmm. But that's not what Jesus asks us to do. Mm-hmm. If the fruit stays on the vine, it rots. There's no other way. And, does, and, when, yeah. and when the cold comes, the vine dies. That's right. And there's nothing left. But if the, if the vine shares its fruit, then life is sustained. You know, so pick what you want your poison to be. <laughs> <laughs> well... I don't know when this movie's coming out, but I'm going to put that on my list to mm-hmm. see because there's so few movies, mm-hmm. right, today that are attractive mm-hmm. for us, especially for adults. But I know it's coming out, I think, I don't know why it's coming out in Europe first, but 
It is, but then I think it'll come here. We'll just have to watch out for that. And the interview is very good, too, with... Um, Doc, with Father Barron. With Bishop Barron. Bishop sorry about Barron. that. Sorry, yeah. sorry Bishop Barron. Barron. Bishop, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, I haven't heard the interview, but I've read the inter- about the interview. Yeah. Okay. It's been shared mm-hmm. on a lot of different mm-hmm. media sources. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's kind of the talk of the Catholic chat Mm-hmm. podcast world mm-hmm. is his whole story which really is worth telling mm-hmm. oh those are um, great stories yeah you know because we all learned something from it we you all know it's just how you can't be god always goes and he can make things new out of just when you think you're dead <laughs> yes you know what i mean he just oh and that is so important yeah. you know is is because we you know somebody's th- you'll hear things like I heard this at a homily at the beach this weekend about, um, you know what? Just smile. Smile mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. Stop overthinking everything. Yeah. And maybe it's that smile that to that person who's just so down and right. out. Right. That, that sort of has that tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing good in the world. There's mm-hmm. nothing left for me. Mm-hmm. You know, we should almost assume that everybody's going through something. You know, because everybody is. Because everybody is, <laughs> and it was neat because the readings Sunday, you know, about the the banquet and the people that come and put themselves in the top seat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're asked to move back to the back of the room because that's not your seat. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all invited to the banquet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all really in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Let's say, and uh, well, th- those two things are so they're so beautiful because we think that. It's just about us being in the same boat or falling out and drowning. Yeah. And all the while we think that's the choice, Jesus is saying, I got a banquet for you. Right. That's what I really want for you. Thank you so much. But we're out of time. Oh, man. So we invite you to join us every week on AM 724, The Family Show. And keep us in your prayers. And we leave you with the beautiful sound of seasons. <laughs>